Today is Wednesday, February 17th. Welcome to the first episode of the Pigskin Pitch Podcast. The key triple P, if you will. On this day in football, we celebrate the birth of Jim Brown. Arguably the greatest running back of all time, depending on who you talk to. Uh, played for the Cleveland Browns for nine seasons, nine straight record-setting seasons. On today's date, we also celebrate the birth of longtime Bears defensive coordinator Buddy Ryan. Rest in peace. Super Bowl, recent Super Bowl champion Devin White, running back Sony Michelle, and quarterback Case Keenum. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about free agency. A lot of big pending names. Where will they sign? Where's the best fit? Uh, the recent passing of wide receiver Vincent Radford. Rest in peace as well. And finally, a mock draft. Now that the order's finalized, I've done a little more research on some of the prospects. I feel confident in putting out this mock draft. Today we'll start with Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. I don't, it's not up for debate for me. He's elite, whatever word you want to use. Very strong hands, great route runner. He struggles sometimes in top 10 matchups as those corners are elite and Really, you only have three wide receivers in the NFL that are winning those matchups. And the Bears and him have been talking since September. 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 I don't know how you, as Ryan Pace and general manager of the Chicago Bears, cannot talk to one of the best wide receivers in the NFL who wants to stay in Chicago and would be a great fit for whoever you go with as quarterback. I don't care who it is. Having a top ten wide receiver in the NFL will help him transition to the NFL, assuming it's a rookie, or transition to a new team. Say you get a, a veteran, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, crazier things have happened. Deshaun Watson, please, Ryan Pace, if you're listening. Um, but, you know, then you have J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, for, I don't even know why the Texans would cut him. To me, it makes absolutely zero sense. There were a few things you could have done because his cap hit was $17.5 million. That's hard for any team to absorb, especially a contending team where he wants to go. So as the Texans, you swallow, say, half, three-fourths of his, of his cap number because obviously you're not going to be in contention anytime soon. It's a dumpster fire down there. So you take some of the cap and you get an extra pick. Say you get a second and a fourth from the Cleveland. Cleveland. They're not as cap-strapped, but um, Pittsburgh. Green Bay, some of the popular destinations for Green Bay. But instead, you just cut him. The face of your franchise for the last eight to ten years, you just send him to the streets. It's weird. I don't understand it. I'm never going to understand it. But even if they just wanted a clean break after the trade, it was a much better way to get it done for both the organization and JJ. He probably could have picked where he wanted to go if they did that cap absorption sort of deal. Um, but for him, I think a lot of destinations make sense. I think Pittsburgh would be a great spot to go play with your brothers. Obviously, they're cap strapped, so it might potentially get there. Because he's obviously he's past his prime a little bit, but he's still very good and can will contribute as a player. Three-time defensive player of the year, one of the greatest defensive ends of all time. Um, I think Tennessee makes sense. Go play with Mike Rabel again. You had some of your best seasons with Rabel as your defensive coordinator. He's a great dude to play for. The Titans are contending. They need a pass rush. A lot of things line up there. Green Bay, obviously go home to Wisconsin. Parents can watch you play. That would be pretty cool. 
Um, Chicago plays theirs, so I'll mess this one up too. Um, his wife plays here, plays soccer. I think it would be a great fit. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They haven't been able to agree to a deal. Why? I know Jerry Jones isn't really you know short on money, and he likes to pay people. Paid Zeke $90 million over six years. A running back, $90 million over six years. Zeke's going to be 30, 31 by the time that deal ends. Like, are you kidding me? But you won't pay Dak. We saw what happened this year. As soon as he went down and you saw him make a recovery and you saw how bad that team was, I would have extended him, you know, as soon as he was healthy. So may maybe give him a little tryout to, oh, get Dak, you know, what's the progress here? But it makes no sense to me why he's not signed. Like, that is – it's baffling. Like, I, I'm speechless. He's not a free agent yet. They have a team option. Uh, it's going to be about $19 million in cap hit if they accept it. With Justin Simmons as a free agent, if, I mean, they could tag him again, but Simmons doesn't want that. But with the Pat Mooney general manager even said he really likes Simmons, how could you not? But it's it sucks that Vaughn's going to have to leave this year. They're just going to, you know, send him off into free agency. But $20 million cap hit, he's coming off a season-ending injury. Where he never looked good. Um, Bradley Chubb is looking very, very good. Evan Vaughn moves on from the Broncos, goes and joins a contender. Maybe Tampa. What would you think about that? I mean, Shaq Barrett could be on the move. I don't know if they'll have enough cap space to bring him. But I think Vaughn eventually moves on. The final free agent I want to talk about today is Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman has been pretty vocal about where he wants to play next year. He's really not on not favoring anywhere at the moment. He did talk about playing for Robert Sala, but wh why would he do that? He said he has two more years left. That's that's what he said. And the Jets are going to be, you know, a basement-level team unless they go out and make, you know, some really instant draft picks right now. I just I just don't see them. Or, I mean, trade for Deshaun Watson, too. But they're not going to be doing that this year unless they magically can overhaul this thing like that. I just don't see it. So I think Indiana Indianapolis makes a lot of sense. They have $65, 70 million in cap hit. They're a contender. They said they want to play for a contender. There could be a you know mutual agreement there. Xavier Rhodes looks like he's on the way out too. That's a great season, but you know I don't think Indianapolis wants to pay him that much. South Florida this weekend. Um, Vincent Jackson, the longtime wide receiver for the Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has passed away. 38 years old. Some really unfortunate news to hear. Young guy. I remember when I started playing fantasy football, I was a third grader. Vincent Jackson was on my team that year. I drafted him for about the next four or five years. He was a stud. Really, you know, loved watching him play. It was great to follow on fantasy. Just so unfortunate. His CTE, you would think, you know, might be getting a little bit better. But obviously it hasn't. Jackson retired four years ago. With the technology, you would think it's getting so much better, but it's, it's such a shame that it's not. So may you rest in peace. Um, prayers to his, to his family and his friends and everyone close to him. Not of, but um, may you rest in peace. Now I'm going to present to you my mock draft. My fourth mock draft that I've made. Now that the picks are firm, 
I've done a little more research on some of the prospects. I feel pretty confident in putting this one out. To start, Jacksonville, they're going with Trevor Lawrence. I think to me, it's just a question of how fast they get this car running because Urban Meyer was approximately five feet. Went from like that six feet skyline maybe. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was right on the center the whole time. Had his eyes on Trevor Lawrence. The only other people on the field were Clemson staff and players. Oh yeah, so to me, it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. At two, this is where I have a pretty big shakeup going on. On draft night, the Jets will trade for Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans will select Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's my second favorite quarterback in this draft. Um, he's big, he's mobile, probably maybe the strongest arm, arguably. I don't know. You could argue that his competition wasn't great, but you know, I, I don't really listen to those. I just look at his skills, his skill set, his makeup, and he, he is a great quarterback. At three, the Dolphins need a weapon. They're going to go with Devontae Smith. Two is going to push hard to get back his old friend. Um, I could see Jamar Chase. I could see maybe Kyle Pitts with Eric Kosecki. So I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. At four, I have the Falcons going with Justin Fields. This is hard for me to say because Falcons have said they're not ready to move on from Matt Ryan yet. He has a $40 million cap hit. So why not try and do something right now? But... I think the division's a little murky. Who who knows what's going to happen with the Saints? Is Drew Brees going to retire there? You know, $100 million south of the cap. You know, that's not a friendly number. The Bucks just won a Super Bowl. They have nine free agents that were pretty big contributors. Eight, not Blaine Gabbert. Um, that's going to be hard to, you know, bring back. Who do you bring back? They have $30 million in cap space, but still. That's not enough to get David, Shaq Barrett, Godwin. Lenny, playoff Lenny. Um, there's a lot of guys they got to bring back. So who knows what's going to go on? I think they groom Fields for a year. It's going to be a pretty uncertain year, but I, I, I like Fields. At five, the Bengals are going to go Sewell. Joe Burrow literally got murdered this year. Like, it, it, it was assault. They they need help on the offensive line. Sewell won the Outland Trophy, best offensive tackle in football, as a sophomore, which means he probably would have won it again this year. He was a stud. So. I really like that pick for them. At six, hopefully the Eagles don't mess up with the third year in a row, and they actually take the right wide receiver this time. Jamar Chase, in my opinion. He's big, physical, dominated college football as a 19-year-old. Like, he, he won the blimp toss as a 19-year-old. That's crazy. The best wide receiver in college football was one at 19. And, you know, there were some good receivers there. Justin Jefferson was still in college, for example. Devontae Smith was there, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. There were some very elite receivers still in college. At seven, I have the Lions going with Patrick Sertan. Because of Parsons' off-field concerns, I think they're going to pass on him. Dan Campbell seems like a no-BS kind of guy. Uh, Sertan is the most technically sound corner I, I can really remember. He is he is elite. Um not as athletic as Caleb Farley, but I'm, I would much rather have the technique. The Lions don't have the ability to develop two corners at once in Jeff Okuda and Caleb Farley. Their corners are by far the biggest need, in my opinion. Their secondary is so bad. Sertan is a great fill-in right there. At eight, I have the Panthers going Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts will be an instant impact player. Um, he's going to step on right for Ian Thomas, who's been pretty pretty bad. 
and they're probably going to lose Curtis Samuel. His market value is going to be a little too high for them to retain. So I think Kyle Pitts at eight makes a lot of sense to get Teddy B, another playmaker. Um, they might trade for Watson. Who knows what's going to happen? But I have the Jets trading for Watson at the moment. Um, but Pitts will be a great playmaker. Um, and I like whoever whoever's going to be under center next year and going forward. Kyle, P- Kyle Pitts will be there for the next 10 years and be a great target. That they're going to move on from Von Miller. So it makes a lot of sense to me to draft a replacement in Quiddy Pay. Pay is pretty big, pretty physical. Um, it reminds me more of Bradley Chubb than Von Miller in the sense that he is pretty similar size. Um, he's still really explosive, really athletic, but I like that pick overall for them. It's just, you know, they've always had two pretty dominant edge rushers. Remember that that 2015 season? They had um, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. They tried to groom Shane Ray. That didn't really work out. They had Shaq Barrett for a while, and then they let go. But I don't think they'll mess up this time. They'll, uh, they'll hang on to their two stud edge rushers and Bradley Chubb and Quiddy Pay. At 10, I have the Cowboys going for Sean Slater. Uh, feels like they've drafted a lineman every single year for the last, I don't even know. But for some reason, they always suck on the offensive line. Um, Tyron Smith's been hurt for a lot. Zach Martin's getting older. Connor Williams is meh. Lael Collins was hurt this year. So they were down both their starting tackles. Um, and they lost Travis Frederick last offseason. So I think Slater will really help solidify the offensive line. He can kick anywhere, guard or tackle. Um, and then in the instance that Tyron Smith retires or someone's hurt again, Slater can kick out the tackle and still do much better. At 11, I have the Giants going for Dale Waddle. I love this marriage, relationship, if you could call it. But Waddle is explosive. The Giants are not. They need an explosive playmaker. I mean, I guess they have Barkley, but an explosive receiver. They need a wide receiver that can win one-on-ones and stretch the field vertically. Daniel Jones has a big arm. He likes to throw the ball downfield. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are not guys that can stretch the field as well as Waddle. I love the pick. At 12, I have the 49ers going Christian Derisaw. In this projection, they're going to move on from Trent Williams. His market value at 18 to $20 million a year is not something that they're going to be able to handle. They have some big extensions in line for players like Nick Bosa, so it's going to be really hard to retain um, Trent Williams. So Darisaw, he's huge. He's very, very, very athletic. Um, I, I really don't see a lot of flaws with him, but I love the pick for the 49ers. Um, they like to use their offensive linemen a lot in screens. Darisaw, that's probably his strong suit as well. Um at 13, I have the Chargers going with Sammy Acosme. Um, it seems like Herbert is running for his life a little bit like Burrow this year, but Acosme will come in, shore up the left side of the line pretty quickly and get the rookie of the year from much-needed offensive line help. At 14, I have another trade. I have the Washington football team trading with the Minnesota Vikings to select Trey Lance might be a little confusing, but Trey Lance is a big arm thrower. He's extremely athletic. Reminds me a little bit of Deshaun Watson, but just a little bigger and stronger. Like he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, six, maybe. And the kid could throw the ball, like, wherever you need him to. So they might sit on Heineke for a year. They might not bring back Alex Smith. But they're going to groom Trey Lance. Um, and I think this guy has the potential to be a stud. That's Washington's real weakness. That defense is unbelievable. 
Their offensive line could use a little bit of help here, but with Cassidy, Darisaw, Slater, and Sewell all off the board already, it makes it makes so much sense to trade up for Lance. At 15, I have the Patriots landing Micah Parsons, and this might be my favorite pick of the entire draft. Dante Hightower has a $12.5 million cap hit. They're probably going to move on from him. He's aging, and Micah Parsons is said to have some character concerns. That doesn't fly in New England. Bill Belichick will whip him up in shape real quick. Uh, he's, he's PFF's best-rated linebacker of the last seven years since they started doing college. That's crazy. He's the best linebacker they've ever scouted. So to me, getting him at 15 is an absolute steal. Belichick won't have to. Belichick will be able to account for it. At 16, I have the Cardinals going with Caleb Farley. A little raw technique-wise, but since they're going to move on from Patrick Peterson, it seems they need a corner. Um, you could argue J.C. Horn here. J.C. is probably a little bit more NFL-ready in terms of technique, but you know maybe a year or two, and Farley should be one of the top corners in the NFL because of his size. Um, technique's really weak, but I, thi I think the Cardinals will be able to coach him up. Patrick Peterson's been unbelievable, but it's an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, end to the marriage, if you will. Going with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. That's a long name, but he is he is a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker, the true NFL three-down linebacker that you see now. He can cover. He can play the run. He played the rover position at Notre Dame, which is kind of like almost an in-between corner, safety, linebacker, linebacker, hybrid. That's what the Ravens need. He's physical. He can get all over the field. They struggled at the inside linebacker position this year, and Owu will fill in inside. At 18, Tua will push for the Dolphins to get his other former teammate in Najee Harris. However, they're going to go with Travis Etienne. They're really, you know, 1A and 1B to me. I can see them going with Najee Harris here, but I like Etienne's passing ability. Tua doesn't seem to be able to stretch the ball downfield like I thought he would. Um, Etienne is just lethal in the passing game. He is the ACC all-time leader in yards from scrimmage. I think it just makes too much sense here to pass on him. I mean, Najee makes sense, but, you know, I love ETN. At 19, I have the Vikings, who traded with the Washington football team, going with Elijah Vera Tucker. They struggle on the offensive line. Riley Reef could be up for, you know, being cut possibly. That's a pretty large cap hit in $11 million. Um, Vera Tucker could play tackle. He's projecting more guard, but he played a little bit of tackle in college, so... His versatility is really what sets him apart, in my opinion. But overall, great player. Will help instantly on that offensive line. At 20, I have my Bears going with Rashad Bateman. Uh, Bateman is a stud. He is a great wide receiver. I really, It's unfortunate that I have to pick Bateman because I have him replacing Allen Robinson. Um, you know, They would have made a, one, a lethal one-two punch, but it's rather unfortunate that Allen Robinson seems to be going. But Rashad Bateman should fill in really well. He's big, physical, can stretch the field. I, I really don't see any flaws in his game. Um, yeah, he, he should come in and dominate right away, help whoever we have a quarterback next year. At 21, I have the Indianapolis Colts going with Nick Bolton. Um, Bolton, pretty pretty good linebacker. He'll play the, I believe, weak side linebacker position in Indianapolis. Um, Anthony Walker is up for an extension. I don't really at the moment, see them signing that extension. Bolton will come in, replace him right away. 
and look at the Bills pick there. At 22, I have the Tennessee Titans going with Joseph Osai. I think they're going to sign at least one or two pass rushers and draft at least one or two pass rushers. Mike Vrabel saw that as the absolute weak point of the team this season. Jadian Clowney has been, you know, bad. That's, that's, the, that's the easiest way to say it here. Um, so I really think Joseph Osai will plug in, fill a huge need for the Titans right away. At 23, I have the Houston Texans. Remember, they traded with the Jets in this mock draft. Going with J.C. Horn. Um, to me, he's just an NFL-ready cornerback. You can never have too many cornerbacks. Um, and the Texans really need help everywhere. They're terrible. With Watson, they would have won four games. Like, Watson is probably the sole reason they won four games. He is just that good, and they are that bad. And at 24, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers going with Jalen Mayfield. Mike Pouncey retired. It seems as if Alejandro Villanueva will be leaving in free agency. So they need to draft a lineman no matter what. I think Mayfield makes a lot of sense here. Big, physical, uh, more will help in pass pro because towards the end of the season, they were atrocious in pass pro. Ben was getting the ball out in one and a half seconds. That wasn't the design of their team. However, he didn't have much more time to throw than that. Um, I really like Mayfield. And I think he'll, he played right in college, but I think he'll take over the left tackle in the NFL to help out the Pittsburgh Steelers blindside. For Big Ben, I mean, it seems this year they're still working on a restructuring, but who knows, maybe Sam Darnold? I don't know. Mayfield will be there to protect that blindside for some games to come, though. Going with Tevin Jenkins. He is a monster. Like, this dude makes other NFL linemen look small. Cam Robinson's been pretty bad over his four years. He hasn't really developed. Um, I see them honestly drafting a new one. M maybe they'll maybe they'll keep Robinson and take him inside or something because he's still pretty talented. But they need a new left tackle to protect the face of the franchise and Trevor Lawrence. At 26, I have the Cleveland Browns going with Zayvon Collins. This guy is not a traditional linebacker. He is 6'4", 230 as an inside linebacker. That sounds like a pass rusher, but he, he plays inside linebacker. The Browns' true weakness, their defense, was their back seven. Mostly their secondary because they were hurt. They lost Del Pitt and Greedy Williams. But um, B.J. Goodson could be on the move. Uh, I believe he's a free agent. So Zayvon Collins makes a lot of sense to play right away. At 27, I have the Baltimore Ravens going with Greg Gregory Rousseau. Um, Rousseau was – he had 15 and a half sacks as a redshirt freshman. And then he opted out this year. Um, but they're probably going to lose Matthew Judon. His his value just went even up. Too hard to retain. So I, I see them going with Rousseau. True pass rusher. He's very fluid. He's huge, too. So I, I really like that pick for them. At 28, I have the Saints going with Jalen Phillips, also out of Miami. Um, similar to the Ravens, uh, Trey Hendrickson played his way out of New Orleans by probably going to earn at least – eight figures for his next payday. Um, that's way too much. The Saints can't retain that. They are very cap-strapped, uh, more than anyone else in the NFL. So I really like the pick of Phillips there. Um, will help that defense instantly, even though they have Davenport and Cam Jordan. Like, Davenport hasn't seemed to be able to be that three-down pass rusher that they've always wanted him to be. So Phillips hopefully will be. At 29, Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers gets another weapon. As a Bears fan, I really don't want to see that. 
but Terrence, Mar- Terrence Marshall Jr., the third wide receiver on the LSU 2019 National Championship team, will be going to the Packers. He's He can stretch the field vertically a little bit more than Devontae Adams. He's a little bit faster, a little bit better of an athlete, so it kind of gives him a really good one-two punch, and they still have MBS as a speedy slot guy. Um, so I really, really, really like that pick for them. They're going to be at three different types of wide receivers, which it's always great to have versatility and diversity as uh, for, for your wide receiver core. So, unfortunate for me as a Bears fan, but Aaron Rodgers gets done with Green Bay. At 30, I have the Bills going with Alex Leatherwood with Feliciano and Williams, both free agents this season. It's, it's going to be difficult to retain both of them, so I think they're, gonna, they're probably going to end up going with John Feliciano is a little bit more versatility to play inside or out. Daryl Williams seems to have played really well. Um, we'll have an eight-figure uh, contract upcoming. The Bills with this replacement with Leatherwood won the Outland Trophy. Absolute monster. Started at Alabama since he was a freshman. I, I love this. He's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. Um, and he, he doesn't deserve to fall this far, but this, this is a very strong offensive tackle class. 31. We saw the Chiefs' biggest weakness was their offensive line, in specific, their interior line. While they were missing some guys, that it's still a problem. Creed Humphrey, in my opinion, is maybe the second best, probably the best, uh, interior offensive lineman in this draft. You can make the argument for Landon Dickerson, but I think they're going to bypass the health concerns and go with Creed Humphrey instead. Health hurt them this year, so why not take the sure thing in Creed Humphrey? At 32, with the final pick of my mock draft, the Buccaneers going with Aziz Ojolariye. Uh Shaq Barrett's probably gone, so that's why I see them going with Ojolarie. Um It makes a lot of sense to me. He's It'll be a much cheaper option, and I think they'll want to retain Levante David and Chris Godwin instead of Shaq Barrett. I mean, they would love to retain Barrett, but at $20 million a year, they only have about 30 in cap space. They'll do mostly they'll do they'll go Godwin and David in my opinion and let Barrett walk. But Ojolarie will fill in very nicely there. Join me on this first episode of the Pigskin Pitch Podcast. Ooh. Um it's been awesome recording this first one. Uh make sure to check out my TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at the Pigskin Pitch. Um working on getting those pages back running. So check me out and drop me a follow. If you like the port, if you like the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend. Thanks, Pat Matt. Thanks, Pat Matt. All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Peace.